Hello everybody and welcome back to Julian Jones Live. Yes, we've changed the name. We've taken was out of the name, out of the title and brought it into the present now rather than the past. So it's Julian Jones Live from now on. And yeah, we're going to keep it present. Um, The interviews are relatively live, do very limited editing for you just to keep the interview as organic as possible. But what is Julian Jones Live? So I have been asked to take a moment to tell my audience what Julian Jones Live is all about and why I'm doing it. And so I guess what what inspires me is through... And a lot of my colleagues can have the same conversations with you because they've had the same experiences because they do the same job. So, But I'd like to bring in some of the best of the best from our business, from the creative world, the professional creative world, people that actually create the TV that you're watching in your lounge room, people that create the billboard that you drive under every day, people that create the radio station that you're playing in your car while you're driving under that billboard, heading towards the film that you desperately want to see. And these are the people that put those things together. They're actors, they're producers, they're directors, they're um, hosts, they're writers, lighting, producers, directors, you name it. I've repeated myself. But anyway, so you get the gist. I'm bringing in these experts, and but these experts that I'm bringing in to have conversation with me aren't just experts. They are experts that work extremely well under high-pressure situations. And when I say extremely well, I mean they're healthy. They, they, they're not too controlling. Things have to be controlled to a certain level because we're running on a schedule. But if you, if you tighten the nuts up too tight, you lose creativity. So they, they know how to be in control but allow creative people to be creative And if only we could harness some of what people do in high-performing arts and bring it into the corporate world or bring it into our schools or bring it into our government. There's just things you learn working on a film set, say, two years solid, 15-hour days, every single day for 340 days a year, just like you at home. You too work hard, I get that. But these people just have... It's, it's a very different environment, very different experience. So I'm bringing them on board. Hopefully you find you can relate to some of these people. But I'm also sharing with you, some of them have had incredible amounts of trauma. Um, you know, like, oh, I'm, I'm not going to share with you on air what that trauma might be. But they're, they're coming on and they're being their best and they're doing their thing and they're still able to share with you what motivates them, what gets them through, what works for them, what they think is healthy. And these healthy people that perform healthy ways in the workplace are also producing new healthy leaders in our environment. So they're really great people to have around because they're driving home really great messages to create strong young leaders in our business. And again, if we could only like take some of that art stuff, that art essence and put it in a corporate environment, it would be so great. And some people are doing it. But anyway, that's pretty much the gist of it. But for those that I've invited on the show, you know, you might be a celebrity, but I'm not actually bringing you on to make me look good. 
I feel like I can hold myself in this space well enough. I'm inviting you on because you're somebody that I've worked with that's well-known, famous, I guess, but it's the way you do it that impresses me. And it's your kindness or your energy or your, or, uh, your healthy way of thinking and promoting great space all the time. And I, I, I really feel like I want my audience to hear what you're made of. And that's why I've selected you. And it's not just celebrities, it's crew, it's writers, producers, ra-di-da-di-da. Anyway, so that's kind of it in a nutshell. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce my next guest. She's been a radio host, stand-up, comedian, writer, actress, television host, radio host, a plethora of things. And then she decided to go into real estate and created her own real estate agency called She Sells. She, S-E-L-L-S. And you can find Jody as a real estate agent at shesellsvic.com. And now Jody's entered the comedy circuit again in 2024 and she has her own show called Whack Job at this year's comedy festival on the 13th of April. If you want to book for that, you just tap into comedyfestival.com.au www.comedyfestival.com.au and you can book in to see Jodie's show on the 13th of April. I will see you there. Now we drop uh, mid-conversation with this interview because Jodie and I did things back to front and we just hit the ground running. So I never got a chance to do an intro. So you're dropping straight mid into conversation. So it will sound a bit strange at first, but it moves on pretty quickly. I'm sure you'll get a few laughs out of this one. Over to you. Welcome to the show, Jodie. Joe Hill. Right now, um, at an, a house that I've just sold. What? Uh, in yeah. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Was it $1.7 million? Yeah, it was, and five grand. Well, I guessed yeah. it. Yep, you did. You guessed it. What? Because you've always been a little bit, um, I was going to say psycho. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, that too. <laughs> hey, we've all got. Psychic. Psychic. Definitely. Well, I believe we all do. Mm. It's 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 how in tune we are with each other's eyes and facial expressions and reading people genuinely. You've always been like that. I remember you doing my makeup in recovery, and you said to me, "You have seen death before," you know. And I'm like this crazy audience warm up person. With you know, you'd be putting sparkling clips in my hair and crazy makeup. I went, how did you know? And you went, I just know I can tell. Because, you know, when you've had people who, you know, have, you you explained this to me when I was in my 20s, that when people are, you know, you just kind of read me because I'd had seen, you know, the dark side of life. And then, you know, you choose to then embrace all the very good parts of life because, you know, it can end. Yeah. Yeah. Within. Because I lost a beautiful boyfriend uh, in my 20s. Uh, mm. And, you know, it's, Joe, I'm just letting you know, I record 
from the beginning in case something ah, like this comes to. up. So yeah, totally. don't, don't know if you want to use it or not. But Yeah, do it. Yeah, that's something. Yeah, yeah because, well, I mean, the thing is, right, so when you're in your 20s and you, oh, gosh, it's such an early age, like anywhere between like 16 and 22 and you've got a boyfriend and you lose him or a girlfriend mm. and you lose her, you're so young mm. and so bright and you're still learning and to have that oh, happen. Totally. Yeah. Oh, it was such a, you know, uh, I think, yeah, I think when you do have uh, trauma at the beginning of your life, you, you know, unfortunately it does upset your apple cart, but at the same time then prepares you to embrace change and setbacks and heartache as you grow older in life as well. So it's not, it's not a bloody shock. It's always a shock, but you're sort of ready for it earlier. <sighs> You can you can say you, you, I don't think you can ever be ready because every day you're presented with your own challenges in your own life and they change all the time. So having the shock of somebody else going in doesn't. It, it also depends on what you're going through in your life right there and then how much it might impact you. But yeah, being such a little baby that you were, yeah, I, f- I felt it. I read it. Yep. Yeah, but then how did you become so aware of that? Too? I was definitely born with it. I was definitely born with yeah, it because okay. when I was when I was like I don't know three, my poor mum, I would hear something breathing in my bedroom, like next to my ear, and it would copy my breathing, and uh, and I'd scream out to my mum saying, "I can hear something breathing next to me." Every time I breathe, it breathes. Every time I breathe out, it breathes out. Every time I breathe in, it breathes in. And we, she just taught me how to ignore it and go to sleep. But then our sister passed away and we, we all had experiences with my sister when she passed away. Like you could hear her walking through the house and opening cupboards. And, oh, my Lord. Yeah, and I was five. I was six. My brother was seven. She was five. And uh, my dad was definitely not a believer, but he had mm. to get up so many times to see who was walking around the house. And we were always in bed. We were always in bed. <laughs> wow. So dude, wow. He, he, he became a semi-believer and on his deathbed he looked at me and he said, I'm so sorry, you're, you're right, there is life after death. I've had some experiences over the last couple of days and I've treated you like crap, you know, thinking you were crazy and in actual fact I've, I've really ignored the person who was trying to give me the right messages in my life. So it was a really full-on, beautiful passing of him. Oh, my goodness. That is, that is. That's such a long, long return, though. It didn't matter, mate. Like, to the the room was full of people in his Mm -hmm. passing and to have him only talk. I said, Dad, talk to others. Talk to to my brother. Talk to to your wife. Talk to um, your stepchildren. No, no want to talk to you because I I ignored you all those years and it's time for you to get the recognition. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah. Because, you know. Not that we want to make this podcast all about me. No, but that's why I've come on this podcast because it's you, Jules. Oh, thanks. And you... You know, you've met a lot of fantastic performers and musicians and actors. So, you know, and having your makeup done is really intimate as well. Yeah. And, you know, before you're about to, you know, burst onto a TV screen, um, you know, as a performer, we get kind of nervous. And so, again, you know, you've been there and, and have kept it 
you know, it's that thing like, I guess, um, keeping things light, but with that deep uh, understanding of of uh, people's, I guess, uh, insecurities, but also, you know, sensitivities, which make performance fantastic. So, you know, we've sat in your chair, Julian, and, you know, I've had some, you know, moments where you go, oh, my God, what am I about to do? You know, I'm about to do live TV. I'm about to go out on stage, you know, for the comedy festival. And, you know, so you've been very calming. And then back to this sort of um, the depth of, of what we do, like when I toured for the Army um, with the uh, MFO, the Multinational Forces and Observers, um, wow. oh, it's going back a while now, but I am a returned servicewoman and I went and entertained the troops. Wow. And I have never felt so alive facing death. You know, like wow. I was in the Sinai Desert, you know, flying in Hercules and landing, um, you know, in these military bases and, you know, in the morning I'd, I, I could hear, you know, gunfire. And, you know, I was off my chops within, with, with life though. Like, I mean, I was living my hot lit Houlihan fantasy as well. (laughs) (laughs) I was a I was a ten in the desert, let me tell you. Oh, I bet you were, babe. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I I went to the mess hall and I accidentally wore some cleavage and that was um, nearly caused a riot. Wow. um, And announced Oh, I feel like a banana for breakfast. And before I knew it, there was like three bananas on my plate. You know? oh, the poor boys, <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, but that feeling of, you know, entertaining the troops, you know, we also went and had a secret party and we danced and drank because the I went, um, I danced with, the you know, one of the high um, sergeant generals and had dinner with him. They had the place roped off, again, because I was a teen. There weren't many other women that they, you know, didn't know. And he was telling me some horrific stories about, you know, what was happening in the Gaza Strip and the Taliban, and I'm not even going to repeat it now. And it was so horrific, you know, that what people have gone through. And then you just have to turn around and, you know... Live our privileged exactly. Exactly. And laugh and heartily laugh. So, Yeah. yeah, back to you saying that when people laugh really deeply, it's also perhaps because they've cried or have been hurt deeply as well. Yeah. I mean, mm, very uh, deep. Very, very deep. Oh, I love deep. And we. You are deep. Yeah. I, I like being deep and I like being. La- uh, I like laughing. And I guess that's yeah. why working with comedians was so organic for me uh, to laugh all day and night with you guys. And to also be really focused and get things done and, you know, like fast-paced comedy mm. or, or live mm. live shows, you've got to make sure you guys are also looking over your material before you go mm. on. Mm. So it's like mm. juggling those things and doing you guys while you're doing a live radio show, you know, in three-minute closed mic breaks at 6am in the morning. They're hard yeah. gigs. But, they're hard. Um, it's intense. You got to hit. You got to hit the mark. Mm. I've missed it sometimes, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> I think I was doing a simulcast between Melbourne and Sydney, and I, I had a joke and I was building it up, but I had to do a Russian accent, oh. and it came out Indian. It was just incredibly embarrassing. I hope no one remembers except me in the middle of the night at four a.m. going, "Oh my god, oh my god, that was the worst joke I've ever done." But you know, but, throwing throwing an accent in there. I mean, you can because you're premeditating possible failure yeah at times 
And the worst <laughs> thing that you could possibly think about mm. was, and, and this is one thing that I was going to say to you today too, is bef- mm. we've got to we've got to start the show by um by saying we have two words for each other or a word for each other, yeah. Oh yeah. So the first word, I think this is your word. Disintermediation. Disintermediation. Nice. Nice word, Joe. How am I mm. supposed to put that into a conversation, mate? Seriously. Well, ha- have you had any disintermediation business? Well, as I have um, um, entered into the real estate and property market yes. industry, yes. Um, it's very interesting how, like, um, with advertising, you used to go to the, you know, the paper and buy advertising or you'd go and, um, you know, basically go to suppliers for uh, merchandise or other advertising collateral. Yes. Now everything has been disintermediated in the fact that they're cutting out the middle person. That, so, you know, as and we're doing it in, in the arts as well. Instead of getting a web designer, you're going and designing your own website yep. instead of, you know, going and having makeup artists and um, videographers, you're doing it all on your phone and you're doing your own makeup. So, you know, it's basically everything's being broken down and taken away from the industry, whether it's real estate or whether it's showbiz. So, mm. yeah, they're cutting out the middle suppliers. So is that a good thing or not? You know, I don't – some think... things are good. The gateways are open. Some are like people's jobs have been um, locked. I think it's really great for people that are starting out if you can mm. if you can like put put a few things together yourself. But I think once you get to that level of professionalism, and I think you should engage other professionals to make yourself more appealable, to show off who you really are. May not have thought of things that you know they might have thought of things that you might not have thought about. Doing yeah, and using, definitely, definitely. So there's yeah. pros and cons to it, hey. So definitely, I'm, definitely. Yeah. So I'm, mm. I'm, I'm, I'm all for people having a having a play with stuff and especially to get something up and running and. Um, but yeah, I am as well. But there's been like you know, um, almost um, dance in place to get you to another level mm. where people can be on the internet, do what they like, and there's nobody monitoring that. Yeah. giving them feedback. There's no if there's no obstacle. Mm. Um, how do you develop your muscles to overcome it? You know, so um, you know people have YouTube uh, popularity. That's great. They go to do a live show, but they haven't been in a room with you know they haven't done uh, comedy to you know uh, an RSL club you know, on a road show for the comedy festival and failed or yeah. um, you know, or understood that, you know, the muscle that you need to do when you have to turn a room around mm. because they've gone straight, you know, so this disintermediation of actually going and getting a showreel together produced by a videographer and sending it into the ABC and getting rejected. There's no rejection as well. So you, you go, okay, I'm just going to do it. So you don't know whether it's good or not. Yeah. But at the same time, you don't have, you know, guys in rock wash jeans and bad terms telling you that you're not funny either yep. and you find a, an audience that does think you're fantastic. So, however, I think, as you said, and I'm repeating it, uh, is that you are it's – a, it's a balance uh, of mm. both that's, mm. that's needed. Mm. Um, I mean, when, for sure, when you look at, like, getting into something like a comedy festival, for example – 
you want to make sure you've engaged some professionals along the way because by the time you get up there, you, you need to be able to um, – it's, it's, I guess it's like, okay, so if I'm doing a hair and makeup job and I've got four wigs and six different looks on you – Jodie J Hill alone mm. and we've got to get them all done and filmed and photographed within two hours, you know, you've got to be able to move quickly on your toes and improvise really fast and still get that absolute beautiful, funny, collaborated result to get a professional look or to get mm. a professional mm. skit or to get a billboard right. Mm. Mm. So Yeah, I mean, it's like sushi. There's a lot of preparation for one small bite. Yep. And you want to get mm. that right. Oh, God, yeah. So, yeah. God, yeah. So here's my word, Jodes. You ready? Mm. Copacetic. Copacetic. Copacetic means in excellent order. So your comedy routine is coming up soon. Is it copacetic? It is in excellent order because it's been seven years since I've um, worked in real estate and I think that's always a, um, a great um, number for a journey. Yeah. And you said, hey, do you want to come on my show? I'm like, yeah, I'd love to talk about my show. So that's going in the right order as well. Incredible. And um, a beautiful mutual friend of ours, Rachel Berger, yeah. um, uh, has a property in Tasmania and we were talking about her property through my business. I'm going to give myself a plug. She sells and she lords. You need to. And um, so I was talking to her about, you know, her property and what she's doing with it. And then she uh, let her know that I'm doing my comedy festival show called Whack Job because real estate is a whack job and you have to be a whack job. And sometimes I feel like I should have a department where I do just uh, deal with a few people and, uh, you know, get cash to... When you say whack off someone as well, it, it can have two meanings, either kill them or <laughs> kill them. There's so uh, many meanings, mate. Yeah, there is. Yep. Yeah, get rid of them. You know, there's get there's rid, a get rid third, of but I'm not going to go there. <laughs> so I was telling Rachel and said, well, I must help you with your script. So it's been fantastic. Um, for um, She's also – we've gone through the hero's journey in the script as well. I mean, I've got all my funny – um, jokes and horrific tales about real estate, but also in the uh, what's what's the word again? Copa. Uh, copacetic. Copacetic. Copa. Copa. What? Setic. Copa. Copacetic Setic. order. Yeah. Yeah. Which the hero's journey does give a copacetic um, order to um, a, a great show where you have the hero, you know, has a call to a journey and you meet mentors and you, you go through obstacles and then you learn something and it all gets tied up in a neat bow at the end, which every good show should do. Mm. Is I've got, you know, um, gorgeous members of uh, the public, even some of my she sells clients are coming. They're going, don't make fun of me. Like, don't worry, I'm only making fun of myself and a couple of randoms, so that's okay. Yeah. Um, but if, you, if someone's going to spend 45 minutes with me, it's dinner and show or just show, I've got to make sure that I take them on a bloody good journey as well because it's their night out. So I'm very acutely aware that, um, you know, uh, they've, they've got to laugh, but they've also got to um, have a journey. So the copacetic order there, I've got it nailed. I've got my script ready to go and then I'll probably – um, go off script as I normally do as well because I get a bit excited when I've got a captive audience. <laughs> well, and Rachel, so I'm really looking forward to it. Rachel's like, you couldn't get a better um, script editor, really, could you? Oh, totally, totally. So I'm, I'm so excited. And so, um, you know, the, the first day, can I show you uh, one story about my 
you know, my foray into real estate. Yeah. From stand-up, radio and uh, TV. Yeah. I thought, I've got better get a real job, Julian Jones, better nah. get a real job, you know. Yeah. So I'm trying to act straight, which is, you know, so difficult. You know, I'm like, <laughs> okay, wear something corporate, you know, wear some normal clothes, brush your hair. Yeah. Um, get, and actually you know, do your hair and makeup yourself. <laughs> I know, no, you know, yeah. times have changed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know who I was, you know? Yeah. Um, yes, I do know Dylan Lewis. Everyone wants to know. Yes, I know. Yes. Yes. And yes, Samson. I know Rose. Yes. <laughs> and Lee Winnell. Um, yes. Yeah. Oh, I love Lee. Um, everyone wants to know that. Everyone knows, yeah. But he's changed his email, you know. Mm. But his brother's cuter. How cute is Lee Winnell's brother? Oh, my God. Uh, um, both always. Remember him, the camera, the camera operator, Adam? Yeah. Yeah, oh, my God. Yeah, they both recu- Oh, they're both gorgeous. And yeah. So Jane Gazza and I and, and Dylan did a ABC recovery uh, reunion and Adam came and all these kids, well, grown-up kids now came as well. Wow. And... Um, me and the girls all just spoke about how much we loved the camera operator, which was um, <laughs> uh, and my and here he is. <laughs> He's a fireman now. Of I course mean, he is. On. Yep. Of course he is. So, you know, there was a fire in my pants. <laughs> oh, I was going to say you girls would have all been like, <laughs> terribly uh, objectifying him. He's got a lot to say, but I couldn't listen. Um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> I just like take your shirt off. Anyway, now what? Pardon? Oh, you didn't. What am I talking about? What am I talking about? Um, what was I talking about? You were talking about um, um, radio, TV. Oh, yeah, first day of real estate, <laughs> you know. So, and this is the thing. We've been ruined by the fun that we've had and the things we can do and say as comedians and, you know, it's like so it's hard to go back and be straight. I'm like, okay, I'm on a straight narrow. I'm going to get a real job. And, you know, dress, did my own hair and makeup. I've, um, you know, wear a nice navy suit and, and I got a car park Um behind the building where I was working uh, and I jumped out and um, uh, and I stepped in what I thought was gelati. Hmm. But as as the stench, like oh. I thought, oh, someone's dropped their whole tray of gelati. Oh. <laughs> I'd park behind a vet. <laughs> mm. Like, oh, my God. And then I realised I had stepped in dog do and I'm just – Losing my mind in the car park on my first day of the job, I stepped in, you know, this mountain of turd, oh. and I'm yelling, "What did you feed your dog? What did you feed your dog?" Anyway, I'm trying to clean my bloody shoes. I had to go in the first day. I'm in the in the basin of the loos, washing it. Paranoid no. people weary that I had stepped in dog poo. But anyway, it was a great start. No one could tell oh, until so now. Did your car park have oh. your name on it? Oh no! Oh, it was just, and it got it got even worse because my first day they said, "Oh, so here's Jody. It's her first day. She used to be a comedian. So Jody, tell us a joke." No. Oh, and I'm there with all these, you know, buff boys in their Hugo Boss suits. You know, the typical real estate agents, oh. and they're all looking at me, and I'm like, "Oh, um, um, you know, sweat trickling down my forehead." They're all staring at me. You know, you've got to read the room, and the comedy gods just gave me a joke, and I said, "Oh, what does what does Telstra and um, Pelicans have in common?" Yeah, they can both shove their bills up their ass. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and they're like, "Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one." They're slapping each other's back. I'm like, "Oh, you can have it." Yeah, no. It's just, oh, but yeah. how horrible being uh, put on the spot me, like that. Tell me, tell me now. Yep. 
No. That was seven years ago. So I've got more stories up my sleeve. So the show's um, at my local pub at the Grand View Hotel in Fairfield. Yes, I was going to so, mention that. Yeah. And that mm. is on the 13th, 13th of, April. of April. Yeah. And yeah. people can book on uh, the... Uh, Eventbrite. <laughs> Eventbrite. That's right. And it's, yes, but it's yes. also on the um, comedyfestival.com.au as well. Just to say oh, I haven't even. Oh my gosh! Yes, I haven't uh, even got the program yet. Well, I'm with the program. Get with the program. Get with the program, with the program. Well, I mean, you've yeah. got enough going on. You're just standing in the middle of a home you've just sold. I've just sold a beautiful home in, um, for a friend of mine. Beautiful three bedroom home, and um, yes, we've, uh, we're cleaning out the garden and we're getting ready to hand the keys over to the new owners. So it's, you know, it's it's great fun and, you know, you just tell people the truth and give them the stats and get their, get them in a headlock and get them to sign the contract. It's easy. Yeah. <laughs> I think, well, I think if you do have that integrity as you go and you're you're that transparent as you're doing it, because, um, look, I did a bit of research on you and I heard another podcast and I heard that you ask really great questions. If there's an auction going on, for example, you might oh, ask, ask the auctioneer. Yes. Oh, yes, nice. Yes, good lead-in, Jules. You're so professional. Yeah, thanks. Um, well, yes, because, you know, people now, you know, when they come to do business with me, they want to know about comedy and, yeah. you know, I'm like, I want to talk about clearance rates. So <laughs> when I do, I'm like, okay, fine. Um, I was selling this big, beautiful home in Northcote. You know, I've actually learned not to have Tourette's when I, you know, start calling out, you know, bids over $1.5 million, I start to go, this is a lot of money. Don't swear. Yeah. But before I start the auctions, uh, Julian Jones, I say, look, um, I've got people standing out in front of me. And then, of course, the comedian comes back out and I say, look, before we start the auction, I just want to do a quick survey. Put your hands up if you've been to an auction before. And there's always a wood duck that puts up their hand and they go, oh, three million one hundred, And they shit themselves. So I, um, <laughs> like, oh, oh no! And this lady did, and then I didn't even miss a beat. I said, and she's freaking out because she thought she'd put that bid in. I said, we have dry cleaners in High Street, we have dry cleaners in Station Street. So this is how the auction will go. Because she wasn't going to bid, and I went, don't come and watch me, you know, sweat. Yeah. But you know, that people love to watch an auction, so I give them a shine. Well, perfect. I mean, you know, mm. I've seen you in action on many mm. different levels, so I already mm. know semi kind of what sort of show they're getting. So But I'm also serious, Julian. Like, you know, when we, know. you know, you've got to warm them up, you've got to get them happy and then you've got to get their checkbooks open, you know, and not that we use check checkbooks anymore. But you know, I want to have a laugh because people have seen you people are educated in real estate now and they know the drill. So we can have a laugh and then we'll get down to business. Yeah. But listen, what professional comedian do you know that isn't serious at times? Let's say, for example, when they get a heckler in the middle of a routine. Yeah. Then you get serious. Then you get serious. <laughs> but I love it. I don't mind a heckler. Don't you? Because, one, they're listening, and, two, you know, it kind of ups the level of anti of, you know, what are you going to do or say? Yeah. And I'd how f- are you going to flip someone around? Yeah, I'd find that a bit exciting and challenging too. Yeah. 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 Do you, so you bring them into your routine, kind of, or you? Look, I remember depends. when I was um, my first heckler, I was fresh doing a, a gig on the Sunday afternoon at the ESPY. Yeah. And I mean, growing up with them, um, you know, you've got siblings, you know, siblings and parents, and it's just 
you, you, people are going to give you rip you anyway in life. You sure. know, people are going to give you a hard time or sledge oh. you. Um, so I was at the ESPY and I said, said, look, hey, I'm from Adelaide. And some guy yelled up from the back of the Urshwin room and said, and you've only got one head. And I said, and you've only got one knob. You better keep it. And I didn't even know. And everyone just went, <laughs> and I went, oh, but let's be friends. Hey, hey, let's be friends, you know. And we yeah. both had a laugh. Because yeah. it was a funny joke that he said, but I, I took back control and then said, hey, let's be friends. Because you don't want to, you know, um, I mean, you don't want things to go sour because then, you know, we're all there for a laugh. Yeah. But then I have gone down to Geelong and watched other, you know, when I was starting out in real estate, you know, um, that's where She Sells came from. I was doing vendor advocacy and, you know, came up with She Sells and I was watching all these other agencies and um, auctioneers and this one auctioneer talk about dealing with a heckler. Um, you know how auctions are meant to go upwards? This guy, he was out the front of a shop front. I really, I love shop front. And nobody was bidding. So he cracked it and started going, you know, I think they wanted about 500. This is about seven years ago. 500. Well, what about 480? I mean, God, what about 475? Is anyone going to bid? And so I'm like, oh my goodness, you're going around the wrong way and you're turning on the crowd. I've never seen anything like it. So, you know, when you see a comedian turn on the crowd, you know, you go, I think maybe it's time you've got a job a real yeah. job or something for a yeah. while, yeah. Get, retain your sense of humour and come back to it. So that's what, I, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> well, and you have to. And I can't believe you're coming back. Thank goodness you're coming back, Jodie. Oh, you're too kind. You're too kind. No, but it's true because, like, there's a – when I started in comedy, of course, you know, we're talking 30 years ago and there were obviously female comedians before you and your co-female um, producers, directors and comedians and writers. There's mm. obviously a, a, a plethora of them beforehand, but you girls were kind of like the rising up in mass kind yeah. of like, yeah, and it just really started coming together and it was so exciting to see. And I've spoken about it on other podcasts before, but you were part of that like frontline, let's get a move on, we've got something to, on offer and here we go, listen to us and we're going to buy our own home. Watch us now. Yeah, yeah. And to, to work with Rachel Berger, who I, when I first sort of got the comedy bug, I was working at the Adelaide Fringe Festival because I studied tourism and I saw Rachel Berger and Tracy Bartram and, and Greg Fleet and Matt King and I went, oh my gosh. <laughs> Bit of a lineup. And, uh, there's a lineup. Yeah. And my first routine with, with the other reception, I was working on reception at the Adelaide Fringe with a beautiful Jeff, Jeff Abdullah, an Indigenous. Uh, gorgeous man and we did a little double act together what so you know it was good fun it was you know we were pretty terrible but um yeah and then you meet the beauty about melbourne is yeah i met some great comedians and joe stanley and i had a wonderful run together you did. and did some great stuff but then to come full circle come back and say rachel's like let's work together i'm just like i'm trying not to gush every time she's there but i'm like she's so such a beautiful woman i was gonna say she's so fit. she's so Pretty, like she's so. She is, pretty, well, I was going to say that too. I, mean, I don't want to you know. No, she is so pretty. She's got brilliant, yep. brilliant blue eyes, and she's spicy, yep. and she's passionate, and yes. that makes everybody pretty as well. You know, well, she's so, uh, generous let's, and kind. Let's not forget, she's one of the most genius uh, writers and, and comedic stand-up comedics that we've got in Australia. 
And she just won an award, yeah. What, the, what was the award? I, I, she won a, a grant, and she's going to mention oh, some, uh, a Grundy TV award. So a right. grant, yeah. I did right. see that. Yes, yeah. no, congratulations yeah. to her. Of course she but, won. Now yeah, she's got to yeah, do it. Definitely. Yeah, she's, she's wild. But, yeah, I think the Melbourne you know, comedy scene, I've had some great mentors, male and female, and, mm. you know, um, and your gorgeous self. And I think, you know, uh, is it, uh, I was at Oliver Clark's uh, album launch uh, last year. Sunday. Yeah, I think I saw heaps of fun. Yeah. And chatting with um, beautiful uh, Ryan Coffey. Yes. And we were talking about, you know, everyone has goes through this stage as you did, I did, he did. But, you know, comedy now is a, um, it's, there's a lot of marketing and um, sort of uh, social media presence that's needed to get bums on seats and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a bit of a challenge because like, I've written it. I know it's funny and oh, now I'll promote it. But sometimes you have to do it the other way around. Yeah, of course, because you're waiting mm. to serve it up at a dinner. <laughs> yeah. exactly, exactly. And they're, and they're paying for that material. So you kind of want to give it to them. You, you don't want to go not. splashing it all on social media and then then they all get there and they've all seen it on Facebook or Instagram already. It's oh, but it's a fine balance. You know, build it, it they will come. Or, mm-hmm. you know, you can also, there's nothing. And I, rehearsing, Julian, mm. I hate rehearsing. Cause I'm like, I've heard it. I know it. Yep. There's nothing better. Like, oh, like back to real estate. You know, I'm terrible. Maybe I'm very shallow. But when we're doing opens, you know, and that good looking person comes through the door. I just can't stop telling jokes. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm like, gotta dance. I'm like, you gotta wear those shorts again. Like, <laughs> I'm just, a beautiful guy came through. Yeah. In, in, you know, I like those short shorts and he was just, you know, a magnificent specimen of a man. And then sure. a gorgeous girl walked through and she was pregnant. And I said, oh, to her, oh, you're just trying to get the property because you're pretending to be pregnant. He's definitely going to, you know, the, the cute guy is definitely going to get the property. But of course I'm lying because I have to be, uh, what's the word, politically correct and ethical and chronological and sure. fair. But, you know. Who got it? I am. I am a woman with knees and they do go weak sometimes, Julian. Oh, for sure. And when you're single. Mm. Yeah. I went to single speed dating last night. Oh, how was it? I've always thought about going to one of those. I thought that might be a bit yeah. fun. Well, you know why they call it speed dating? No. Because you can't get out of there fast enough. <laughs> Is that right? Oh, wonder, really? Wonder. Oh, look, you know, one guy was disappointed that he, you know, he didn't get a chance to talk to me. So I just said, oh. Do you like bunnings? He said, oh, that's my favourite. That's my happy place. went, oh. So do you like fishing? Oh, we went fishing last week. went, oh. So when did you get out of jail? <laughs> Is that what you said? <laughs> yes, I did. Yeah, and he's like, who you. are you? I don't know. So yeah. look, you've got to, you know, I'm sure someone will get out of jail and stop fishing and leave bunnings and crash into my car and we might get together. Who knows, Julia? Yeah, or- at the moment, I'm reading good books and... Yeah, but let me remind you about the comedy scene, though, yeah? Mm-hmm. Like all the mm-hmm. after parties and the, oh, yeah. Yeah, and the mingling yeah. and mm-hmm. sitting down and catching up with old friends and meeting their friends. And so there's so yeah. many possibilities when you're in that zone. I just love it. I love a funny, funny guy. And yeah. um, it's – oh, sorry. That's not right. drinking some water. I'm getting hot. Um, yeah, go for it. <laughs> must be it. Must be it. I'm, I'm still hot. It just comes in flashes. <laughs> yeah, well, okay. So menopause, menopause. Or it's pause. just that you're... Th- I'm having a pause of men. That's what I'm having. Yeah, and you're thinking about men and you're getting all... 
going to get hot under the collar. Yeah. yeah, well, the girls have fun with me at the office because I can't concentrate. I have a highly imaginative mind. Yeah. So, yeah, you can go, look over there. I'm like, oh, my God. And then we ran over, you know, had a car accident looking at a man in another pair of shorts. I'm like, Jesus, how does he get into them? Uh, how does he get out of them? That's my question. You are too <laughs> funny. I would... Uh, uh, actually, this is the thing with real estate and with showbiz. Um, you think you're going to make a lot of money and it takes a long time to do so. Hmm. And especially in real estate in sales, uh, you know, the money is in through commissions. But then, you know, in a, in a tumultuous market, you know, sometimes properties don't sell. They take longer to sell. Owners decide that if the market's not going to give them what they want, they'll just turn it back to the rental market. Meanwhile, agents have spent three to four months working on a property without being paid. Yeah. So last year um, I, I uh, changed the system where I charge a client engagement fee yeah. and that is refundable on sale. So basically it takes away the uh, what they call in, this, in the real estate industry is commission breath, which is um, – and I was explaining this to, some, to someone, uh, a client, and I was like, you know, don't worry about me because commission breath all about, you know, everything an agent says is anything to get the property sold because they want that they want that money. So it's on their breath. It's on their tongue. Yep. And I said to them, don't worry about me. I don't have commission breath. I mean breath. I don't know. Well, I, I don't know why I said breath. It just came out and I said, oh, but, you know, some people do get them out, but I said, you know, I prefer to be more demure. But, you know, if you want to, that's great. <laughs> you go <laughs> deeper and deeper and deeper into it. <laughs> it's just like they handed me a shovel and said, you've got the job. I went, oh, thanks. Oh, my God. <sighs> mm. Well, and that's, mm. that's where, uh, you, you know, I know your authenticity always comes back into it, you know, because <laughs> – and, and the comedy, comedy helps. I didn't want it to be serious, Julian. Yeah. Every time I'm trying to be really serious. But then you know what? It's it's breaking the ice and the tension. Yeah. You know, I was trying to assure them that I was authentic and then I made that boo-boo and it, it just broke the ice. We all had a laugh and, and that's what it's about, you know. And I guess with my comedy festival show, I'm telling people that, you know, the whole whack job is to tell the truth in real estate. Yeah. And sometimes that's funny, sometimes it's, it's not. <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know, that's the only way that's going to set all of us free. And how you tell it, you know, comedy is, uh, you know, the truth plus, you know, time or tragedy plus time. Yeah. And, you know, tr- the truth is always funny too. Yeah, oh, for sure. Of course it is. And do you mm. think that you would ever do, given the opportunity, uh, judge, say, the block, for example? I think someone needs oh, to get you in on that, Jodes. I mean, you've I got all the experience. I've, I've, I've sent it to them, you know, but there's a lot of people, and I respect there's been a lot of agents before me and a lot of comedians before me, so... You know, it's a matter of time and um, paying your dues, you know. Um, but some people might, you know, ricochet to the top. I mean, Graham Kennedy, when he came into the scene, a lot of people didn't like him because he ricocheted straight to the top. But that's sometimes, you know, what happens. It, it is. You know, it's, yep. so I would love to do that. Yeah. I mean, um, but you, at the same time, my I'm having a comedy festival show every every time I walk into the office door. For sure. <laughs> Or, sure. or, or I actually, I was standing at my office. I was very proud of my office at an end of a very hard day. I'm standing there looking over the street and then a gust of wind just blew my frock up and I flashed everyone. So you're like, 
Well, I'm actually quite glad I'm not on TV because, you know, yeah. I wasn't prepared for that. <laughs> Oopsie. Thank you, Oopsie. everybody. What an audience. Yeah. And mm. shame it wasn't being filmed and I'd had my whole, all my hair and makeup done and, actually... I was, <laughs> and I was wearing a Marilyn Monroe dress, but unfortunately I wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Where can they find you, Joe? Anyway. Um, I app, and this is about disintermediation. I've actually done my own website mm. on Squarespace and it's been working fantastic. She sells vic.com. So, or you can find me on public transport, or you can find me um, hanging out um, at uh, the comedy festival. Whack job. Wow. Hilarious and horrific tales about real estate is my show. So, yeah, love the comedy festival. Find me at the REIV Awards. Yeah, just hanging with Julian Jones. I love it. Sounds all very copacetic to me. Ah, look at us go. Did it. It's all coming in the right order, isn't it? So I know we're we're kind of coming to a close, but and and we've done things so out of order, Jodie. Like we've just gone Mm. straight into love you, which is great, right? We haven't even introduced Jodie yet, so I'm going to have to reverse do that. I'll do a a little opening blurb. But listen, Mm -hmm. I just wanted to... I just wanted to take our listeners on a little bit of a journey. So if people are going to see you or considering booking you at um, at this comedy festival coming up, mm-hmm. um, take people on a bit of a journey. So what? when did you first decide, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to get into the arts and I'm going to do stand-up. I have um, dropped on my head as a baby. and then after you healed what happened (laughs) Uh, my parents would host dinner parties and they'd go what's Jody doing and I'd be sitting on my bed writing down what everybody was saying did you really? And I'm like, give me that and confiscate I'm like, oh I'm just getting to dad's good part (laughs) this is for real yeah, so I'd always write things down. I've got, you know, lots of diaries and I always thought I was a weirdo. And on my 21st birthday, I did a speech and everyone went, oh, my God, you've got to do stand-up. So the beautiful Adelaide comedy scene, I marched down there and Limo was there and the Bunter boys, Justin Hamilton, and my beautiful boyfriend whom I lost um, oh, yeah. two years later, Alex, Alex Collins is his name. We just had a wonderful time doing comedy in Adelaide. And then Adelaide's a small town and... Um, went over to Melbourne and wrote a show called Moving Melbourne, Moving to Melbourne and Surviving. I got the Fringe Comedy Award for that. Yes. Which I milked for years. And then I got on, you know, got invited to do lots of things. And that's the beautiful thing about Melbourne. So I got to do lots of radio and TV. So it just kind of snowballed from there. Yes. And one of the most uh, treasurable moments in my career was one day I was walking backstage. I think it was up front. And you and Joe Stanley were doing a show together. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, we did a couple of shows, yeah. Yeah, you did a couple of shows. And I was working, I think I was hosting Channel 31 then and I was hosting on Foxtel and I was doing hair and makeup seven days a week. Oh, wow. And you and Joe came up to me and went, we've got an idea. We're just wondering if you would like to be in our routine. Yeah. And I was like, (laughs) oh, I can't squeeze it in. I was so busy and I reckon it was just the worst no I've ever had to give in my life to you two. I think it must have been our um, backstage antics because we hosted a 
a Channel 31 TV show called Boob Tube. Yeah, right. So it always write backstage antics and, you know, yeah. of what happens in the makeup chair stays in the makeup chair. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I think, anyway, we can always redo it. You know that? We yeah. We can always you back, you know. Oh, my so, God. Could you yeah, imagine? Yeah, you've got a face for TV and a voice for radio. Yes. Well, we'd have to make up the stuff that you hear backstage, yeah, or in the yeah. makeup room. It'd have to be made up. Oh, it would. We'd, we'd have to change names and <laughs> um, places and situations. But oh, you could you could write a book, Julian. I would love the makeup chair. Can you imagine it? Okay, everybody, yeah. live on air with Jody J Hill. I'm going to give you the top <laughs> ten Australian moles. <laughs> In TV and radio, yep. and yep. the top ten assholes in TV and oh, radio. Damn well, it! Some I of can't. my treasured mem- memories were mucking around in the makeup room when we did ABC TV Recovery. And, Loved um, it. Yeah, you know, you'd powder our noses up and yep. you know send us off to create mayhem. And then uh, what, uh, Rachel, um, a, who was in um, uh, uh, Muriel's Wedding, that uh, actress. Rachel um, Griffiths, yes. Griffiths. And um, she came on and you took a clip out of my hair and put it in her hair, which I never forgave you for. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but Jodie, come here. I'm like, oh, you're going to touch up my magic again. Give me that. That's oh, give me Rachel. that. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. I don't even remember that. And then, oh, do you remember, um, oh, uh, and uh, there were lots of bands that came through. Oh, can you name three? Because you were powdering the noises of placebo. They were in the chair, and I went up and went placebo. Have you named your band because you're pretending that you're cool, but you're really old? <laughs> 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 and then I ran away. And, and they did they laugh? Oh no, they weren't happy. Oh, <laughs> silver chair is that one? <laughs> Oh, they were beautiful boys. Weren't they? They were babies they were then. Yeah. They were such babies. I, I mean, we'd always have a barbecue after um, uh, the show. Yes. A, a sausage fizzle. And then when Silverchair were going, you know, because they were little boys, I'm like, here, boys, take a sausage for the road. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, so dirty. <laughs> Eat something. Brush your hair. Yeah, exactly. Can I brush your hair? I'm the hair and makeup artist. No, don't touch me. No, they they weren't like that at all, to be honest. No, they were beautiful and regurgitator. Yeah. Yeah, no, some great Australian music. And I, you know, I loved, loved, you know, um, Living End came and ripped the place apart and John Spencer Blues Explosion. Because, you know, during audience warm-up, when they came in, they literally ripped the setup. John, Blue, John Spencer Blues explosion, and all these kids have you know caught the public transport um, down from you know the um, the bus suburbs of Melbourne to the ABC studios, which are now being you know the old studios in Wisconsin are now bloody apartments thanks yeah. to property developers. Yeah, but they didn't know what to do when they saw Satya Nikki, so I had to turn around and go, "Yeah, this is awesome!" And they're like, "Oh, is it? We're we not going to go to jail? My, no, this is what recovery was all about: yes. rebellion and." Um, enjoy ourselves. No, it was insane, wasn't it? I think we were all pretty much in our early to late 20s, early 30s, a lot of the talent Mm. and half the Mm. crew. And I think like literally we all just, it was was almost like we were all flatmates on a Saturday. Oh. We were that young and vibrant and, yeah. I peaked. I peaked. I think that was the best part of my career. Yeah. <laughs> it's all been downhill. God damn it. 
Who goes um, to work at 6am, 7am on a Sunday morning? Saturday morning. Saturday yeah. morning. You couldn't go out Friday night. What about that from um, Blur, not Blur, Glycerine. They sang Glycerine. He went out with Glenn. He was Glenn, uh, Gwen Stefani's husband. Right, yes. Husband. Um, and they had a song called Glycerine. Yeah. And he was so hungover and he was just standing in the studio about to go and go, can someone get me a cup of tea? Oh. <laughs> I'm like, no, you're, you're, you're weak, mate. You're not walking wrong. <laughs> but the poor buggers, though, because they would come from, like, America or the UK mm. and pretty yep. much come on the show after their flight. Yep. And it was like, oh, yep. I don't know. Yeah. Or they'd go out and do their first night of performance yep. and they, yep. they literally couldn't sleep because of the flight and the jet hours lag. and everything mm-hmm. and the jet lag. And they would mm. come on the show and they were just half dead already. They did well. And that's where we go back to you, Julian. You made them look a million dollars with yeah. your makeup work. Yeah. <laughs> well, and then I, I think probably one of the m- biggest memories for me on that show was I was doing makeup on somebody and I could hear this woman singing and the entire corridor was shaking and shaking in tune. And it was just like like soul music, like buzzing every part of your body, like your bone, your skin, your ears, your eyes, your lips. And I'm thinking, I have to go and see who's singing that. Like who in the hell is singing that a cappella that damn well? And went up, followed the noise, and there's sitting Vanessa Amorossi. Oh, wow. Yeah. And she just, I don't know, I at times I think that girl just – Australia didn't or don't appreciate her as much as she's worth. She mm. just has this. Well, to to yeah. experience her that close up, her voice that close up, I'm telling you now, it's just like, well, I don't know, lead gospel yeah. singer on fire. Like, yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Anyway, um, enough about me. Back to you. Mm. So, yeah. Joe, so uh, I really hope that you do some more radio at 4 a.m. in the morning. Could you squeeze that into your business? I reckon I could. I'd love to. Can you imagine? But, um, you know, podcast, you're, you're on, this is what's all, it's all about, podcast, my friend. So, yeah. you know, um, keep listening and downloading the JJ experience. Now, what if somebody's yeah. struggling selling their home? Look, yeah, if you're, if you're wanting to sell, um, please contact me at shesellsvic.com. Or if you're wanting to lease your property, or if you want some property advice, happy to, you know, if you've got a landlord or a property manager that's not um, uh, communicating well with you, you hear how diplomatic I am being, let's give me a call and we'll sort it out and, um, you know, uh, raise the bar in real estate as well. With a bit of comedy on the side. Okay, Jodie J. Hill, thank you so much for coming on the show today and to our audience. I hope one of you at least go and get to see Jody's show. Please like and subscribe to our program. We hope to get better and better content for you each and every time. For example, our latest guest, J.D. Joe Hill, thank you very much. And thank good- you, Julian. Love your work. Love yours. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. That was Jody J. Hill. Her show is Whack Job, a hilarious and horrific tales about real estate. On the 13th of April, 2024, at 6pm at the Grand Feud. Grandview Hotel in Fairfield. You can have dinner in a show or just standing room only. Um, tickets start at around $28, up to $70 if you want a meal. And Jodie's gifted us some standing room tickets, two tickets. So the first person to email, email me at julianjoneslive at gmail.com, 
that's julianjoneslive at gmail.com, can join me as my mate or my date at Jody's show on the 13th of April at 6pm. Thanks for listening, everybody.